My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hello, everyone. Britt here today. We're back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels, where we roll with the punches and laugh at our own jokes. The guest I'm bringing on today, Matteo Grassi, founded an e-com platform, 7DTC Brands and Charity. He used to break dance, juggle with fire, and, st- and, and still makes music, which is incredible. Like, awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that when you tell your story, Mateo. He also does documentaries, interviews, and shows on YouTube. So super excited for our conversation today, Mateo. Thanks for jumping on. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Yeah. I mean, it's been uh, a good day. Uh, it's good. been, it's, 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 it's Friday, so, and it's 7 p.m. my time. So Friday. I think it's the end of my yeah, it's, it's end of my day. Yeah, it's actually it's a full disclaimer. There is wine. There we go. In this. Yes, there, there better be. Well, there's co- you know it's only one o'clock here, so I have coffee in my cup. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not joking. There is wine. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's really nice to be with you today. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you know we're gonna jump into some questions talk about what you're doing you know but before we really get started i'd like you if you don't mind going ahead and telling your story does that work for you because yeah yeah really what's, uh, all the things that you've done yeah what's good um i will be 40 in one month which is actually interesting so it's it's uh okay. that me to reflect. yeah yeah <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to brazil for my 40s um, i love it so I think my my story starts, I think, in my 20s because I, I finished uh, my university when I was 20 years old, uh, 21. I okay. got a degree in uh, psychology, um, behavioral psychology, and then I ended up not to be a psychologist. And um, instead, I moved to New York to become a dancer. I was always dancing uh, for since I was a, a kid, since I was like 11 or 12. Uh, mainly mm-hmm. doing breakdancing and hip-hop. And uh, I guess that was, that was my dream. So I'd never been anywhere in an, anywhere, really. I just lived in Italy all my life, uh, literally just traveled around Italy. I'd never been abroad in my life since I was 21. And I moved to Brooklyn uh, in not a very nice district. And basically, with I think I had $1,000. And I knew how to bartend. I knew how to work in hospitality. And I got into broader dance school, so I got in a really good uh, dance school, which uh, I didn't have to pay for uh, because wow. of uh, because it was quite good, so I didn't have to pay for it. That's amazing! You must have been good. I must have been good, but at the time as well, I realized that uh, there was much better people than me, um, mm-hmm. and if I wanted to be at that level, I needed to really focus on just one thing which was breakdancing and I realized that that didn't want to do because when I moved to New York I started getting inspired by you know the the people and everyone was traveling and you know it's uh, for me I got really inspired by everything and I got distracted in a way and I realized I don't I don't think I want to do this I didn't know what I wanted to do but I realized I I don't think I just want to do this 
And right. uh, if you just want to be the best, and I wanted to be the best, you kind of need to focus on one thing. And I, one you thing. know, I came with the realization that that's what I needed to do. So I spent like a year and a half in New York, and then I start traveling with a bunch of people that I met actually in New York. They were they were going. I just followed them through Southeast Asia. Um, almost ran out of money in Southeast Asia, so I went to Australia because it kind of made sense. It was like the closest place where I could make some money. Um, right. And then I moved to Australia. I spent four years in Australia. And uh, I was on a visa for two years. And then I didn't get a visa anymore. So I was I couldn't really get a job. Um, and so I, while I was traveling around Australia, I met uh, this guy that was uh, juggling with fire. And I, yeah, we, so we were in the desert a lot of the times. And when you are in the desert around like 6 p.m., 5 p.m., there's not much to do. So I started to learn how to juggle with fire. And yeah, believe it or not, I actually joined the circus for six months to a year. And That's the reason why I joined awesome. the circus was, was two reasons, because I, I really, I didn't know what I wanted to do. The money was great. Uh, and uh, the cash was cash. So yeah. it, seemed, mm-hmm. it seemed like a good idea. But yeah, the money was really good. It was much better than any other job. We were making like $300 a day, $200 cash a day. So at the time, it was was pretty nice, you know, uh, tax-free. Absolutely. Passion and um and then this this went on until I was 26, 27. So I think I think now things are very different. And I speak to 21, 22 year old that are already so focused about you know uh, starting a business and uh you know making money and you know building a company. And until I was 26, I literally had no idea what I wanted to do. And right, it right. took me a while to actually understand what I wanted to do. And I entered in entrepreneurship because remote work wasn't a thing and I was looking to find something that allowed me to be free and travel and live in different countries without having to rely on a job because I didn't want to be a waiter or a bartender anymore which is literally the only thing you can do while you're traveling and um, and so I started in e-commerce because of that because I was like maybe if I have an e-commerce store I can sell product online seems like a good way to get my freedom and that's all I was looking for at the time nothing more nothing less uh, and I right. was before, so before Facebook ads, before uh, Shopify was a thing, before all of this, I started my first e-commerce store, uh, my first brands, and then that's where my career in e-commerce started. And now I'm still in e-commerce eventually because then I fell in love with you know in selling products. I fell in love with building brands, and I think the behavioral psychology degree helped me a lot in marketing. So I got an expert in acquisition, marketing, copywriting because at the end of the day marketing good marketing is an understanding human psychology uh and mm-hmm. if you understand human psychology you succeed um right. so so i think that's why everything kind of came came together absolutely interesting journey my friend like incredible yeah. things you've done and like the places you've seen is great like where would we be able to find some of those breakdancing videos uh this is because there was in uh I'm talking 1998, 1999. So I, I've wow. been able to try to scout like some VHS and I mm. couldn't find them because a lot of my stuff oh. sadly got destroyed. That was actually another story. <laughs> <So> <laughs> all, all of my thing got destroyed um, seven years ago by, oh, no. by chance. Yeah, I was living in a house with 
I don't know. I, I'm going to derail a little bit in my story. I was in the peak of my career when I was 32 years old. Um, mm -hmm. I got a really good job uh, in, a, in a firm. Uh, I was basically a marketing director then. Uh, in around 2009, there was the recession. The recession hit. The firm closed. At the same time, I basically lost my job. Then I divorced, lost the house. I went back in. Uh, I went back to um, social welfare, and I was living in a squat out for six months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like my life just completely dipped. And when I was living in the squat house, I had all my things from my old house. So because the house was lost, but I still have all the furniture and everything else. Right, right. And I put and I put everything in this storage in the squat house, and I left for like a month. I went back to Italy. And basically that house that I wasn't aware, it was the, the owner was not paying any rent, basically. Or what I thought it was the owner was not paying any rent. The real right. owner that kicked everyone out while I was in Italy. And then it just destroyed everything that was left because it basically locked the doors and destroyed. And all my stuff was in there. So I lost tons of things. Everything. So besides furniture, I lost photos. And yeah, so it was a big reset for me, like literally losing everything. everything. Yeah, I lost I'm everything. So sorry. Yeah, yeah I was sorry. It's, it's actually very refreshing to kind of clean everything up. It was something, right. so some memories and stuff. If I had to just save some photos and some of the things that were not digitalized at the time, that would that's my only regret. But everything else, I thought there was a lot of things that happened in my life that were really when I tell them, people get sad about it. But then eventually they kind of helped me a lot to be right. the person that I am today. So so I think I'm exactly. thankful. These, I'm thankful for these the things always yeah. happen to make you who you are today, right? Correct. So yes, yes. Definitely so, yeah. understand that. So to answer the question, which was a long derail on uh, on the, on this story, no, I don't have any breakdance to read. That's too bad. That's okay. We have we I do have, have the jungle inspired video though. I do have that. Yeah. Because there were phones at the time. So people were making videos. Yeah. Right, right. So when when did you start the YouTube channel? I started YouTube uh, six months ago. Okay, and we thought okay. about yeah, it was about the um, it was uh, a way for us for me, which I'm basically running most of the marketing and uh, acquisition and the content team in Papa, which yeah. is our e-commerce platform. I mm -hmm. thought that starting a YouTube channel and creating content to inspire entrepreneurs was the way to go. Um, very much similar to companies like Slidebeam, which I appreciate a lot and I really like their channel. It's, it's a channel, uh, well, they're the company that basically does pitch decks for startups and all their okay. content is around, um, it's not necessarily around their products, it's mostly around their audience. So people raising money and they do a lot of like micro documentaries, they do a lot of interviews and things like that. Right. So right. the idea came to be, it was like, like, why don't we start the YouTube channels um, to pilot different shows. So we have four or five shows running at the moment. Um, micro documentaries uh, around e-commerce uh, together with like funny shows with uh, entrepreneurs, like interviews and things like that. Um, we shot two documentaries. One in was in Ukraine during the war. Uh, we went to Ukraine in June. Wow. We interviewed seven different e-commerce brands. My wife is Ukrainian, so I was- I'm Ukrainian too. Oh shit! Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought that in the podcast, but yeah, I was. Um, yeah. We were we were actually house hunting in Kiev um, the month before the war started. So wow, I, I spent a huge amount of time in Ukraine, and my wife is from Kharkiv. So 
um, wow. went back to Kiev for three weeks and we interviewed um, seven different e-commerce brands during the war. Uh, and wow. the world started during the war. So we did this kind of macro documentary about like e-commerce, uh, e-commerce over there. And then mm-hmm. uh, the last one we did, we did in uh, Berlin uh, about like the techno and kinky uh, scene in Berlin, which is very kind of easy hidden world of the of, right, um, right. Berlin, like hedonistic, uh, open-minded uh, kinky scene in Berlin and the brands around that and how they were able to grow the community uh, to make, um, to basically be successful, right? So absolutely. Yeah, so we 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 create this type of content. We're piloting different show right now, and uh, we're focusing mainly on um, our content strategy on this YouTube channel. Wow! And so, with the YouTube channel, uh, and you're doing interviews like in person with people, or do you also bring people on the YouTube channel, like on say video, and just do YouTube? Uh, I mean, do videos as well. Yeah, it's all it's all live. It's all live. So we pilot like a show um, called uh, we, we, a show that is running right now. It's called Entrepreneurios. It's it's a kind of a similar show to. I don't know if you saw uh, Hot Wings or one of those uh, shows where they they eat mm-hmm. the, the yeah. So we we wanted to kind of create this fake serial company called Entrepreneurios, yeah. and I sat down with like interesting entrepreneurs. Um, interviewing them for the role of the CEO for this fictitious company. So we wow. put all these kind of very successful people through a job interview. So what your strengths okay. are, tell me time when make a mistake and, and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah. it's kind of like, we put them in outside their comfort zone and a lot of the times, you know, funny things happen. And yeah, so this is one thing. And then we have the macro documentaries uh, that we're doing another one called Commerce Across Borders, where we travel in different countries like Germany and we interview like stores, we interview sellers, right. we interview customers. So like if you are like an e-commerce brand that wants to, um, let's say sell internationally, you can watch our show, have fun. And at the same time, also learn something about the country. So right, we're right. doing the next one in Brazil, for instance, like I'm traveling to oh, Brazil. Oh, that's so for your 40th birthday, right? Yeah, but I'm also going to be doing video work. I'm going to basically film one of the shows uh, over there as well. So good. So, Oh, that's exciting. I like the way you do it. Now, um, how would you say that the YouTube channel has affected your your, your business? Like, what are some of the best ways that it's... I think it's still the early days, but we've seen seen good traction coming in. And I think as well, right now, we kind of see... I cannot pinpoint like the conversion rate, let's say, on how many subscribers do we get on the platform because the platform is still in the early days, so we're still in beta. But what I've been noticing is that people, even on the partnership level, like when I approach uh, another company to do a partnership or any sort of like networking, people associate with you when you do cool stuff, right? And it's yeah. like, you know, when you actually do content and the content is good and you're entertaining, it's like, I want to work with this guy just because, yeah, they, they're they're great. They do cool things. And I like what, what they are representing. I like their mission. I like the way they are basically, you know, portraying their business through their, through their, through their content. And I think today paid advertising, paid acquisition, it's literally like a losing game unless you have amazing content. The winners are content creators, right? At the end of the day, if you have great content, people are going to engage with your content and whatever you need, you're going to get that click. That click goes into a landing page. It goes to 
uh, I don't know, a SaaS company or that you are an e-commerce brand, at the end of the day, even when I was running my e-commerce store, which is very different from what I'm doing right now, because I, I was running direct-to-consumer brands, selling supplements, selling fashion, uh, selling medical devices and things like this. We always saw that whatever the best campaigns were the campaigns that had the best content. That's right. it, a simple time. So if you can own the content game and you can engage with your audience and you can really motivate them, you can inspire them, you can educate them and you give value to them, I think you are on a winning streak. That's why I think investing in content is really important today. Absolutely. That's great. Thanks for sharing that, investing in content because um, that's valuable insight for our listeners. So now... Do you often, um, like, I guess with, like, do you have to monetize your YouTube channel and how do you do that with it? Yeah. So I think for the monetization of YouTube channel, you need to still have, like, I, th- I think we're not there yet in terms of views. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But for us, it's not really about monetization because we do monetize everything else through through the platform, right? So this is how we make right, money. Right, right. Yeah. So I think... If we can break even in the money that actually we put to produce the YouTube channel and also make some money back, right? it's great. If it's not, it's not really a big issue because at the end of the day, I see it as an investment. Um, yeah. Same thing we do with events. Like we do virtual events. Uh, we do virtual summits where we invite people to speak. Um, the tickets, price of the ticket goes to charity. Because at the end of the day, it's not really something that we're not looking into making money with events. We're looking to provide value and connect with uh, great people that might become customers for us, right? So right. this is why the event, the last event that we did, and we're going to do another event in in January um, in collaboration with uh, another charity called Tech Fugees about refugees all over the world. But the last one we did was um, the Pursu Summit, which we did in aid of Ukraine. And we got like some amazing speaker from, you know, like the one of the uh, founders of Vice to uh, Chris Doe, which is a bigger YouTuber with 3 million followers on, uh, on YouTube. And they all got to speak for free, basically. And we raised quite a bit of money for Ukraine just by selling tickets. And wow. Us, like, yeah, but for us, we got like good lead generation. We got also some, um, and we got as well, like uh, good publicity out of it. So I think... You don't have to always look at the monetary value on things, obviously, uh, you if you can. Obviously, I, I always bootstrap my company, so I know how important it is, actually, that if you're investing something, I mean, a return of immediate investment. But I think it's important as well looking what's the investment that is not just related to money, which is like the, the PR or the brand awareness that you can get and also the credibility that you can get as a brand. And you uh-huh. can't really put the price on that. No, you can't. can't. But you might see monetary value coming in, maybe not immediate, but you might see it in two months, three months, six months. Right. So when you play the content game, you have to play the long game. You can't play the immediate game. If you're expecting, like, I'm going to create content, going to make for a quick, quick money, I tell you already, it's like, I don't know, just, just, just do some. No, it's you got to be into the long end, right? No, absolutely. Trading, I don't know, something else there. You know, right. it's, it's, it's a long game. Like the content is a long game. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And what is your biggest focus and desire with with where your business is going and with your YouTube channel? Yeah, I think if we can As create... Now. Yeah, if we can create a channel that can be like almost like a... 
the go-to point for entrepreneurs around the world to be inspired, educated, and entertained. Um, that's actually my goal. So right. we are using an approach very similar to a television network where we come up with an idea, we pilot with a series, we pilot the episodes, or we pilot yeah. the series if we can, like two or three episodes. And if we see that it get traction, then we get more. We're we going to basically start more episodes and maybe we do season one, season two, season three, et cetera, right? So right. this is the idea that we have. I don't have a big content team. I have like a, an amazing video editor, a good script writer, and we just got an assistant editor. And that's it, yeah. And then there's mostly me in front of the camera and my other co-founders that are very camera friendly. So I think we're, we're lucky to be um, able to do these, these things ourselves and to be in front of the camera ourselves. Um, but is that I think that's my my goal, you know, creating creating something that uh, people that are interested in entrepreneurship can watch, you know, instead right. of like yeah, and can be the and get the, yeah, get inspired, learn something. Yeah. Sometimes just getting entertained, you know, just like hey, I right. just want. And get what that's what people want. And I think anyone that does content, you have to understand what kind of emotions I want to do, what kind of emotion I want to my audience to feel. And I want them to be, want to make them laugh. It's the same as movies, right? You have comedies, you have dramedies, you have, you know, dramas, you have actions. It's all about what emotions you want to give. And I think the best movies are the one where it's never one thing, right? It's always like a combination right. of things. Like when you watch a comedy, but you also cry at the same time, right? That's, right, that's right, right. not the best movie where there's like always something else. And it's like a bit of everything in one. And then you, you have feel, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you, they take you on a journey, on an emotional journey. Um, right. And, um, I like it, the way it, you have, yeah, have it set up and the way you do it. I think it's really unique too, because not mm -hmm. everyone does that. So that's great. Yeah. So if you were to say double or triple your revenue and profit in one year, what would some changes have to, uh, that would have to happen? Or what are some new challenges? Yeah, I think uh, the challenge for us in um, in pop-up, but pop-up is an end-to-end e-commerce platform is how fast we're going to be able to open the platforms for everyone, just because the complexity of the technology and the projects. Um, so, I think if I have to go granular of like how we're going to double revenue, I think it's going to be about how many customers we're going to be able to onboard and bring to the platform in the way that they can use it end-to-end, -end, meaning that they don't need another platform uh, to be able to use uh, our current platforms. Because right, pop-up right. can be used as a standalone store, but it can, it can also be used in conjunction with other stores. The reason right. why we're using conjuncture right now is because of the lack of integrations that we have. Uh, we're competing with platforms like Shopify that have been in the business for the last 16 years and they created one of the biggest ecosystems in the world. Um, we have been literally building it for a year and a half. So, so I think, and I think it's safe to assume that doubling or tripling the revenue is really unrealistic today. And this is from someone that did on the first year when we started the direct-to-consumer brand, we started $1,000. We closed the year $60 million in revenue. Wow. But it was in 2022. It was 2020. Right, so right. different times. So I'm not, I'm, and this is without external funding. I didn't get any investors money. This was like our own money. $1,000, $60 million, scaling ads, doubling the budget, tripling revenue, literally monthly. So Incredible. it's not that I do. Incredible. 
So it's not that I don't believe in doubling or tripling revenue. I'm not. I'm yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that right now, I do. I see very few brands able to do this just because to double the revenue, meaning that you have to double your acquisition. And acquisition mm-hmm. right now is really, mm-hmm. really expensive. So unless you have huge money from VC, which was a thing last year when there was a big frenzy and there was a huge VC money deployed uh, to companies, you had 100x evaluations, meaning there was a company making like no revenue with huge evaluations and just basically big money poured in. Um, yeah. But things have changed since March. Uh, a lot of the VCs, because I'm in this world right now, I mean, the VC virtual capital world, things have changed. Yeah, yeah. And things are kind of Absolutely, everything else, right? right? So mm-hmm. I think advertising costs, acquisition costs are really skyrocketing right now. Uh, VCs are venture capitalist money are there, but they're more conscious and evaluations have um, definitely decreased and came back to more normal level. Right. So I think uh, as an entrepreneur, I would not look into like doubling or tripling the revenue. If we can be steady and have an incremental steady. 10% to 50%, 20% increase, which is more realistic, I yeah, would yeah. Uh, I would look for that. Yeah. This is not me. By the way, I think it's more like an advice for everyone else, you know. That's Absolutely. Exactly. And stay consistent and stuff like that, right? It's it's great. And yeah. um, yeah, it's just interesting all the things that you've done and you know how well you've you've done. It's incredible after like really having to start over and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Back yeah, I just started over a few times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's like, I feel I, like yeah, tell me. I definitely feel like so many entrepreneurs, like that's so relatable. So that's why I thought it was so important for you to share that part, because I swear, like there's so many entrepreneurs out there that really have literally reinvented themselves or restarted or started from scratch, like so many times. Right. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. I think there is sometimes this realistic idea that entrepreneurship is is going from A to B that's, you're just mm-hmm. gonna take a course or buy this blueprint or listen to the next guru that is gonna give you the secret to whatever success means for them, not necessarily to you right. as well. And then you're eventually going to use this and uh, from you're gonna go from zero to one million. But it's not like this. It's, it's literally an infinite journey. Ups and downs, ups and downs, right? It's literally an infinite journey and redefining success. And for me, success was breakdancing for a while and then was joining the circus and then was something else and then eventually I realized what success meant for me um, Mm -hmm. at the age of 36 37 so it took me a while to actually understand that and and I think you have to be open to this and making sure that you're going to enjoy the journey because even though you're going to achieve those goals and you're going to get that million that whatever what you want whatever you think you want once you get there it's not going to feel the way you think it's going to feel. <laughs> right, probably, right. It probably is going to feel fairly disappointing. Um, so if you haven't enjoyed the journey until then, it's going to be pretty, pretty bad. And, and right. I think I was lucky to have to enjoy the journey. And every time I reach that success, it's like you close the funding round or you sell something and you achieve this. Every time I sat in that chair for that moment, it didn't feel as good. It felt okay. I mean, it felt like, yeah, okay, I got this now. That's it. But it's it's not like, and even if you feel that joy, it's really, really small. And it goes away very, very quickly. 
And so you have to focus on the journey at the end of the day. A hundred percent. It's all about the journey and you got to really enjoy it. Right. So um, yeah. What were the, some of the biggest challenges with the YouTube channel when you got it starting, was there many or was it pretty easy? How did that go for you? Yeah, I was really lucky to find an amazing editor that was also, mm-hmm. it started as an editor, but in reality, it was an amazing producer and he didn't even know yet. So now he's basically became the producer of the channel. Um, oh, right I was, Yeah, I was lucky though as well that, not lucky, but I come from breakdancing, I came from theater, I come from arts in general. So for me, being on, not on stage, but performing, like doing interviews and things like this, it felt pretty comfortable. So I wasn't feeling like out really outside much of my comfort zone. So okay. the, the learning curve was uh, was quite quite good, quite easy. Um, so I think that was the biggest, uh, I think the biggest challenge we're facing right now is, um, yeah, see what, see what works, see understanding what works, understanding how we can tweak the content. Uh, but so far it's been pretty smooth. If I can give advice to people in general, and I think that comes from more my music making career, which is a content creation at the end of the day. Right. I was stuck for a long time. I, I used to produce a lot of music and it was just going to sit there in my drive because I didn't feel it was good enough. And I started to meet a lot of fellow musicians that were doing the same thing. And I was listening to their stuff and I was like, this stuff is really good. And I was like, yeah, but you know, it's not perfect. It's, I'm not sure. And they end up to have like hundreds and hundreds of tracks unreleased in their drive. And then I met another musician and we started doing this project together and it was really different from me. And he taught me, it's like a track is never gonna be perfect. You're never gonna be happy with a track. So what you have to do, you have to release it and let it out and then move to the next track and move to the next track. And then in a few years, you're gonna watch or listen to those tracks and thinking, oh my God, how terrible I was, but because of how good you have become. So you're actually gonna be able to see the journey that you've been on and how good you've been in content creation. I think content creation is the same. Do YouTube video, put it out. It's not going to be great. It's going to be as good as you can do, but the more you do it and the more you release the it, the better you get, the better you become. If 100%. You... Yeah. I like so what a... I think is like people <laughs> procrastinate because they want to be perfect. Like they don't want to release a video because, oh, it's not perfect. But and then it leads to them just like procrastinating, you know? And so I think, like you said, you just got to do it. Yeah, just let it out. Don't watch it. I don't watch my stuff as well. Yeah. I watch the, the trial with Johnny Depp. Uh, I think many people watch the Amber Earth and Johnny Depp trial. But Johnny said one thing. He said, I don't watch my movies. <laughs> and I find it very right. interesting. And I was like, because I don't watch my stuff because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to see myself. So whatever, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to watch it, but just let it out and move to the next project. Yeah. And the Keep more going. you do this, you're going to get better. Right. Don't get It'll just come naturally after a while. Like, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. It's like, it, if people judge, like no one cares. Literally no one yeah. cares. And if people judge you, well, whatever, you're just going to get better. At least they're yeah. not doing what you're doing anyways, right? They're sitting there judging. So people that like you, they're going to like you. And people that don't like you probably don't want them anyway. So okay. right. just just right. go for it. Be brave and move forward. That's, that's what I say. 
Absolutely. Love that. Well, Mateo, it's an absolute pleasure having you on today and sharing your valuable insights with everybody and, you know, all your knowledge and your story. It was very powerful. So thank you so much for making the time to jump on. But before we get off this episode, I just want to make sure if anyone's looking to connect or follow you, what would be the best way? I actually follow your journeys on the YouTube channel is what I meant. Not personally follow you. (laughs) I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. Uh, So you can find me in my name, Matteo Grassi on LinkedIn. But um, if you have a link, if you know Linktree, I actually have a Linktree. So it's Linktree and it's Matteo was taken. Uh, because when I went to look for my name, it was taken. So I used my handle, Matteo was taken. And it's actually, this is my handle everywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, everything is Matteo was taken. So perfect. <laughs> so Linktree slash Matteo was taken. Then you, you can see about Papa, you can see Viceroy, you can see the charities that I'm doing for Ukraine, uh, the um, group, the anonymous group, it's another charity that I'm doing for men founders to open up about their emotional issues and things like that. And also my YouTube channel and my music. So I think everything is under one roof uh, if you want to learn about me a little bit more. Love it. Thanks so much, Matteo. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, um, you know, I hope to get you back on in the future as well to hear about Brazil and everything else that you've been up to. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six figure entrepreneur or higher and like would like to come on for another an interview just like Mr. Mateo did, please go to podcastrebels.com. Love to have you on as well. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much, Mateo. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.